Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roald Dahl Retrospective, where we take a look at adaptations based off of Roald Dahl shorts and books. I am Patricia. And my name is Aaron. Today, we're going to be going into a different direction where we're not talking about an adaptation based off of a book or short from Roald Dahl. We're actually going to be looking into his real life. We're going to be talking about a TV movie that premiered around 2020. It's called Roald and Beatrix, The Tale of the Curious Mouse, and it was distributed by Sky TV. TV. Now, this is actually a channel that I am not familiar with. So, Aaron, why don't you discuss about it? Uh, so, Sky Television is kind of like DirecTV or uh, like, uh, you know, Comcast, I guess, in the United States. So, you, you get like a set-top box and uh, you pay like a subscription fee. And uh, you can get a wide range of things like uh, catch-up TV, uh, live television, internet, and uh, various other services that uh, you can get through Sky. So, um, yeah, one thing that uh, Sky also does is like, it does its own exclusive stuff now. So, it's done things like the Hogfire. It's uh, done things like uh, you know some of the other uh, um, you know um, original Sky Television stuff as well. That it also does its own news channel and news coverage as well, and also has done its own TV movies in the past. And this is one of them. So uh, this was uh, back in 2020 when they decided to take on Roland Beatrix, the tale of the curious mouse. Inspired by the true story of six-year-old Roald Dahl meeting with his idol, Beatrix Potter, it was written by Abigail Wilson and directed by David Kerr. So David Kerr, you may know as the director behind Johnny English Strikes Again, No Offense, Inside Number 9, Fresh Meat, Beautiful People, and Whites. And it stars Don French as Beatrix Potter. It has uh, Jessica Hines, who plays as Sophia Dahl, Roald Dahl's mother. And it has a newcomer by the name of um, Harry Taylor as the young Roald Dahl. So let's see how his career starts off. Let's just hope he doesn't just star in this movie and then he does nothing else afterwards. But we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, uh, the, I mean, this um, uh, particular kid has a particular more pedigree from what I understand. Because Harry Taylor has a, greed, a trip to Greece, Genius, and uh, Kaleidoscope uh, under his belt before. He even went into uh, this, uh, into into this. So whether he's going to survive, I mean, that's the last credit that he seems to have had um, in the last well uh, since uh, 2020. So uh, whether he's going to survive the curse, I have no idea. But uh, yeah, this is the thing that's uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Roald Dahl retrospective. Every time we seem to run into kid actors in this uh, genre of uh, you know uh, of this author uh, in regards to Roald Dahl, they don't seem to last all that long, from what we can see. It seems no. to be this, and then after that, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So we've talked about Peter Ostrom and Willy Wonka and the, uh, the Chocolate Factory. We've talked about uh, Samuel Irons. We've talked about Paul Terry. We've talked about Jason Fisher, Mara Wilson. The only person who have seemed to have gone completely unscathed from this is Freddie Highmore, which he still has a prolific acting career. But yes, every single time that we have seen a person who is the main protagonist in a Roald Dahl adaptation, they are known for maybe a handful of things and this one and then they're known for nothing else so they're just a child actor and then afterwards they go off and do other things like Paul Terry's a mathematician uh, uh, Peter Ostrom is an orthodontist and so on and so forth so you get the idea yeah anyway, by the so way um, our, our lead lady in this is Dawn French and for those of you, you know, I actually asked her, Patricia if she knows who she is and apparently she doesn't know would you believe she was in she was the fat lady in the painting in uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. And uh, would you also she believe... She was. Oh, I, I knew she sounded familiar. Yeah. And also, would you believe she was Miss Miriam Forcible in Coraline? Oh, oh, yeah. 
yeah, that's right. I, again, it all clicks together. So if you have tuned into our Roald Dahl retrospective, you would also know that there have been a lot of actors who have been in the Harry Potter films who have appeared in these Roald Dahl adaptations, such as the late Robbie Coltrane was in Danny the Champion of the World, David Thewlis, who you may know as Professor Lupin in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. He was the voice of the Earthworm. And also um, Julie Walters, who you may know as Mrs. Weasley. Uh, she was in uh, Roald Dahl's Little Red Riding Hood, uh, going on to that trend. So now we have the fat lady from the portraits to add into the mix. Yeah, and uh, actually one thing I I'm really surprised, though, we're going back to Crystal Skull here, but uh, we covered the Chronicles of Narnia as uh, one of those movies, and surprisingly, we never talked about Dawn French playing Mrs. Beaver in the in in that movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I guess we didn't. I guess yeah. we were just so star-stricken by everybody else, such as Liam Neeson and Tilda Swinton, that we just completely forgot about Dawn French and as Mrs. Beaver. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, by the way, like you know, you'll see a lot of familiar faces if you watch Roald and Beatrix, and because uh, you've got uh, also where uh, Kevin Bishop is actually, for those of you who do not know who's actually the fox's head in uh, in this. And uh, he's actually from Muppet Treasure Island and also from the Spanish department, Russian Dolls and, and a, a few best men. So, like, uh, yeah. there are quite a lot of, like, you know, well-known people who have actually, you know, made their appearances in this uh, in this TV special. Yes, and also returning from a recent Roald Dahl adaptation that we talked about is uh, Ron Bryden. So if you remember from Roald Dahl's Revolting Rhymes, he was the voice of multiple characters in that um, two-part TV movie. He was the voice of the pig from Three Little Pigs. He was the voice of Rolf, one of the big bad wolves. He was the voice of the banker pig. He was the voice of the king. So, yeah, this is the second time in which he appears in a Roald Dahl adaptation. Yeah. And uh, it's just so some of the, um, you know, oh, by the way, if you don't know uh, who, uh, anything else for Rob Bryden, you know, you just say that he's Gavin, he's Brian West from Gavin and Stacey. So he's <laughs> he's been in that series too. So, okay. but you know, um, the one thing I'll say is that uh, they went to uh, they went to great expense, I guess, to get uh, this whole thing together. By the way, this movie looks beautiful. You know, like it, does. It, it feels like something that uh, would be pretty, pretty much dread, uh, drawn up by Beatrix Potter, and like uh, it's just it's uh, the whole character of this movie, and uh, the, even even the essence of Roald Dahl, like some of the darker elements, I think, in this as well, are also you know making their appearances here. It's like it's almost like they've captured the uh, essence of Beatrix Potter and Roald Dahl and rolled them in together into this movie. Yes, absolutely. So let's start things off, shall we? So the movie begins with this really nicely done stop motion mouse where it reflects on the experiences that Roald Dahl was going through in his lifetime. So it takes place around 1922 where Roald Dahl is six years old and his father recently passed away from pneumonia. And the family is going through a lot of turmoils. A few months prior, his older sister Astrid had died from an appendix burst and uh, their family is very, very low on money. And so uh, Sophia Dahl, who is Roald Dahl's mother, is trying to stay strong for her son and for her other family and she's currently pregnant with her other child and uh, that would later on become 
Roald Dahl's younger sister, whom he became really, really close with. And um, we it, it takes place around during the Christmas holiday season. So we see the perspectives of these two characters. We have Roald Dahl, who is going through the passing of his father. And we have Beatrix Potter, who is um, going through a lot of turmoils with writing her latest book at the time. So if you are a Beatrix Potter fan, then you are familiar with uh, a classic book that she had written written around in 1922, which um, I believe the book at the time would have been uh, Cecily Parsley's Nursery Rhymes. And believe it or not, this would have been the very last book that she would have written because The Tale of Little Pig Robinson, which was released in 1930, it was actually one of the very first stories she's ever written, but it was never published until years later. So... Um, she's going through a lot of stress because she is writing her series of books, but at the same time, she's becoming more fascinating with purchasing land so that she can be able to have her sheep run about and she can be able to just be free from all the stress of trying to please a whole bunch of people that... Um, you know, seem to like gobble up her um, books, like just absolutely insanity. I mean, she seems to, it kind of reminds me of Ethica Caulfield, if you remember from that Hey Arnold episode, in which like she's starting to slowly lose her passion for writing and she's becoming like really, really grouchy, but it's for a completely different reason. It's because that, you know, the people around her that she meets up with, um, she just, they just seem to like her books, uh, even though that they were not children. And then we have another character that we see later on who simply wants the books because they want to have it published and they want to make a bunch of money and they want to be able to dictate about what is going to be in the book and what it is, uh, was not going to be in the book because, oh, we don't want to scare the kids. We don't want to frighten them. So yeah, she seems to be like really just done with writing her books at this point. So it focuses on these two different characters who are just going through turmoil for completely different reasons. Yeah. And uh, also you've uh, got, uh, you know, um, then these two characters, you know, come together in uh, pretty much the most unusual of ways because uh, Roald, uh, you know, is uh, saying that he doesn't want to go to this, uh, you know, boarding school that, uh, you know, his mother wants him to go to, even though she knows that it's going to be good for him in the long term even though Roll doesn't believe so he feels he's being sent away so they end up making a deal where uh, Roll Dahl will go to the Lake District to go visit the house of uh, Beatrice Potter and uh, by the way um, this whole arc that uh, goes on through this this is uh, actually a, a really you know uh, for them it's going to be a really long trip like it's probably like going to be like you know seven or eight hours or something like that that's actually traveling on the train yeah so we're talking about Wales, where mm -hmm. they were living and going all the way through the Lake District, which is like really north up of England, close to Scotland. So it's actually funny because we were in Wales around the summertime and we were in the same location where, you know, Roald Dahl's birth town was originally. I mean, we even saw a plaque called Roald Dahl Plus. Just seeing the, the you know, the, the town that, you know, Roald Dahl was born in and and just seeing like the seaside and being able to see all the old buildings that were surrounded by it was just like really really beautiful yeah 
So, um, the one thing I'll say about uh, the, the one actually one interesting thing actually I noticed and uh, that was pointed out by someone who was looking at this and that is that uh, when uh, Beatrix sees uh, Roll running around in a garden, uh, he's wearing a blue coat just like Peter Rabbit wears. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, she even said when she was looking out the window, she was like, Peter? And then the uh, person we're going to be talking about later was like, is there is something all right? And then she's like, I see somebody out there. And that, that does play into the movie because Beatrix's eyesight is going bad. And an eye doctor came by to her house and was recommending that she puts on glasses because she's really, really stubborn and not getting any further examinations for her eyes because she's really busy with writing her book and she has a deadline that she needs to meet up with. So you, the fact that she thought that Rold was Peter makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, on top of that, you get to see uh, with Roll, you know, going through this world as that, so, you know, you get to see his imagination, like, you know, his, uh, you know, the, the stop motion with the uh, with the doll and, you know, missing his sister. And uh, then you get to see this uh, really hilarious bit with uh, the uh, the fox that, uh, you know, the, the fur head that, uh, you know, gets up you know, off this woman's shoulders and you know, she, he's wearing, like, you know, as a, as a scarf. And, uh, you know, he starts to have, like, his own monologue with uh, Roll as well. So you can really start to kind of like, see, you know, the, 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 uh, the creativity and also kind of the bit of the creepiness, I guess you could say, of roles, you know, were uh, earlier kind of, um, you know, um, cr you know, uh, looking at the world, I guess you could say. Yeah, it actually plants the seeds for the books that he would write later on. I mean, I don't think that Fantastic Mr. Fox was based off of that, you know, fox scarf that he saw in, in that woman. It was more or less. I, I think it was more of a nod, really, rather than like saying, "Oh, hey, this is the thing that inspired you know uh, Roald Dahl to create this." I think I think you can notice like there was like little nods. I think uh, to us, like you know, whether it was like you know there was the uh, the candy in the store, and then there was like the uh, the fox head, and then there was like there's various things that were like alluding to like what Roald Dahl would then go on to create. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And also, once again, we need to chalk this up, but you know, Roald Dahl's just hatred for fat people. Yeah, well, the, the, I think that's pretty much known by now at this point. Yeah, exactly. Especially with that scene in which when um, the gentleman was just, like, saying about, like, oh, I'm going to marry off his mother, and I'm going to... Um you know, help her out with, um, you know, all um, the the troubles that she's going through. She's a sexy gal that she is. And, you know, then uh, Roald Dahl is, like, carrying, you know, deviled eggs. And then, uh, you know, he just, you know, is, like, eating a bunch of sandwiches while they're he's talking to another guy. And then he sees Roald down there with the deviled eggs. And he's like, do you mind if I have some? And then he's like, no, you can't, you, you you know, stay away from my mom. And then he just kicks him in the shins and then runs over to the, the cupboard under the stairs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you, you do get the little sprinkles of the books, especially if you are familiar with them. It's definitely very subtle. So you have to have a keen eye and a keen ear for you to uh, look into those homages. So... Uh, but for the most part, it focuses on that Roald is really, really upset that his mother is going to force him to go over to this boarding school, and he wants to stay with her, which is actually perfect, because if you know from Roald Dahl's history, he was miserable in boarding school. He, you know, he was beaten up by his teachers, he was abused, and, uh, you know, uh, he was able to um, not get along with any of his teachers, I mean... 
Where do you think Miss Trunchpool and uh, the teacher from Danny the Champion of the World came from with being like these militaristic dictators who just beat up their students? Um, although at the same time, uh, the Miss Trunchbull was also partially inspired by a woman who ran the candy shop that they love to go to, which also got the inspirations for Charlie the Chocolate Factory, but I digress. Anyway, so um, basically, Rold was so upset about hearing the news that he was going to be going to a boarding school that he decides to run away. And he then gets the idea about going over to see Beatrix Potter because... He found a letter from Astrid, the last thing that she wrote right before she died. Uh, she wrote a letter to Father Christmas saying, can you, um, can you tell Beatrix to write a, a new book uh, because my brother Roald had written the old ones a hundred times and it's about time that he gets a new one. And so that made him decide, okay, I'm going all the way over to the, the Lake District so I can meet up with Beatrix Potter. And so he runs away and he waits by the train station. And shortly afterwards, his mother already knows where he is, which is really smart because I thought the direction they were going to go with is that, okay, he runs away, he's going to go into the train, and then she's looking for him everywhere, and then she doesn't find him until the end or something like that. Hmm. And uh, in a way, like, even then, um, they still decide later on to split up the characters. So, you know, Roll uh, goes to go, like, you know, around the house of uh, Beatrice Potter, and, you know, the mother, you know, uh, ends up in a, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a you know in a cake shop pretty much and uh, you know and uh, is ending up you know uh, uh, basically having the fortune told uh, by a fortune teller who basically tells her everything that's going to happen <laughs> so uh, which um, you know was at first it wasn't necessarily that i mean she does give the futures about like uh, i see a lot of money in your future is it like is it going to go or is it going to um, come to us and then she's like uh i can't be sure about that so at first you may think that She's just being a hack. But then later on, she sees the tea leaves again, and she was like, oh, your son is going to be a famous writer. And also, he's never going to grow a beard, which was mentioned earlier in the movie that Roald was never going to grow a beard. And then um, Sophia was like, yeah, you're definitely telling the truth, that my son is probably going to be a great writer in the future. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of things that come full circle in this movie. There's also a subplot going on with Beatrix involving with her trying to chase a duck for Christmas dinner, and it's actually pretty funny. There's a lot of like little scenes with Beatrix that are also a mixture of like really serious and really silly. I mean, she invites her uh, pig into the house secretly while not having her husband know. And uh, there's also some scenes in which she is trying to chase around this duck for Christmas dinner. There's also some other scenes involving with um, her being just really frustrated because she's not able to see properly. And then, of course, we have the publisher coming in who wants to dictate about the Three Blind Mice poem where she's like, oh, you know, mice having their tails, their tails chopped off. That's scary for the kids. I think we should change the ending. So, yeah, there's a bit of a mixture of, of tones with the Beatrix story. While with the, the Rold story, there is a bit of mixture of silliness and serious, too, except that um, it starts off with the seriousness with Rold's father dying. And then we go into the silly stuff, especially when they're, they're in the train, and um, the guy is reading the newspaper and, um, you know, Roll and Sophie are playing a game and, you know, he's just like really upset that he can't concentrate on reading his paper. And so uh, Sophie actually gives Roll a sandwich so that she can 
they you know he can stuff it into his head um in, in his hat so yeah there's just um you know a, a mixture between humor and seriousness in this uh movie and i really do enjoy that yeah i wonder if like you know the the addition of you know the character that comes in to you know tell you know Beatrice Boston to like you know change her story i don't know if that's like a shot of political correctness or not i'm like it's just it's, it's, it's it just feels kind of a bit weird really though this is a, this is supposed to be set in 1922 and like you know, we're yeah. kind of like talking about like you know that the free blind mice are not appropriate. It's kind of like, um, really? It's like you know, was that kind of like going on back at that time? I'm not. I, I mean, at, at this point in time, I wouldn't be too surprised. I mean, if this was 1922 and this was after World War One, so I guess, you know, major censorship in terms of like, oh, we can't show this to the kids. They might be too scared. We want to have something light and jovial for them to read. So maybe that's what they're trying to go for. Or maybe they just didn't realize that Beatrix's writing was always very serious. Like... You know, in Peter Rabbit, if Peter would have been caught by Mr. McGregor, he would have easily become Rabbit Stew or anything like that. So maybe they're just realizing now, oh, wow, you know, this is really serious stuff. I mean, I think we should, like, tone it down a little bit. So I don't know. That That's actually a really interesting question. It just goes to show you that, uh, you know, censorship and appealing to younger kids was always a major issue, even today. Mm-hmm. Now we go over to when they finally make it over to the Lake District and Roald goes over to Beatrix's house and um, Sophie is over at the cake shop and then Beatrix is over with the publisher's assistant and um, then we have like the two scenes finally colliding together in which when, you know, Beatrix excuses herself to see, um, you know, who was outside and you have this interesting moment that kind of reminded me of the scene in Matilda in which when Matilda and Miss Honey enter into Miss Trunchbull's house and they're trying to hide from her and Miss Trunchbull is like looking around for them. It kind of reminds me of that, especially that scene in which when Roald is hiding in Beatrix's shed and, you know, he's she's looking around for him. Uh, we saw earlier in the movie that Beatrix does not want any trespassers in her house. She wants just nothing but peace and quiet, especially in the scene in which a bunch of cal ca um, carolers are singing Christmas songs and she wants them to go away. So... Yeah, it definitely plays into um, the grumpiness of Beatrix, especially since, uh, you know, she is really busy with trying to, you know, finish up the final touches of her book. Yeah. And then uh, finally... Uh, the amazing thing about that is, is that Dawn French is more known for her comedy than she is known for her seriousness in this. And uh, don't get me wrong, like, she, you know, she gets some really funny moments in there, and uh, you definitely can, you know, portray that, you know, the grumpiness of uh, Beatrix Potter, but uh, at the same time, like, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it can be a bit of a, uh, you know, a departure from, like, what she's really known for, really. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show you how versatile of an actress she is. Yeah, and she's, she's you no, know, she's super talented, I agree. Yeah. Alright, so finally we get into the scene in which when Roll finally meets up with Beatrix, and um, you know, she's wondering, what are you doing here? And then she's like, uh, he was like, I want to meet up with, you know, Beatrix Potter. And then she says, well, you met her now. Shoo and go away. But right before that happens, there's also this really sweet moment in which when, you know, Roald is, um, you know, he stumbled, you know, he stumbles into her after trying to run away. And uh, Beatrix actually pulls out a dead mouse from her pocket and shows it to Roald. And she was like, aren't you scared of this? And he's like, no. And then he then talks about how, you know, he was, you know, about his father dying and his sister dying and, you know, how, you know, sad he's going through a lot of things. And it just talks about how, you know, real life can be and just about, 
seeing the badness of life because that's how we should be as people and you need to see everything and learn everything and being able to find a way to cope with it and um and i think that that's a really good lesson because there's a lot of moments in which people go through a lot of things and they just want to either ignore it or they want to deny that it happened and they don't find ways to fix the problem and you know even though it hurts to confront it it's actually really important because in our in in, in order for us to move on with our lives or in order for us to learn things we need to be able to go through um the uncomfortableness of life break out of our comfort zone and being able to learn from what we can from it and become better people or you even help others who've been through similar situations and help them out and uh, show them what to do. So I think that what uh, Beatrix told Roald about like, you know, open your eyes to everything, even if it's scary or even if it's um, a bad thing, like seeing your dad die is very important of how to live life. Yeah. The one thing I'll say about uh, Roland and Beatrix is that, uh, well, it does have its, like, creative moments and things like that. Don't expect that to, like, be, like, you know, the mainstay of, like, the entire, you know, movie. Like, uh, keep, keep this in mind, like, uh, this is told, like, through, like, you know, narratives of, you know, a boy losing his uh, two members of his family and then wanting to go on to figure out who he is. And then also you got, you know, Beatrix, who's, Beatrix Potter, who's, like, you know, telling the narrative of, like, someone who's, like, you know, at the very end of their tether, pretty much. And uh, that's, uh, you know, it's kind of, like, losing interest in uh, what she's doing and uh, wants to try to like you know seek a new path and uh, and everything like that so like there's a lot of narrative i would say in uh, in this in this movie and uh, there's a lot of like interaction amongst characters which by the way is all phenomenally done but uh, whether it be everyone's cup of tea i think they probably would like to kind of like stick around for like you know the more creative elements that i would expect from like you know something from roll doll or something from beatrix potter you're kind of not going to find a lot of that here i would say yeah, I mean, we do get narration here and there featuring the stop-motion mice. And we do get, like, that scene we said earlier about the, um, the fox scarf and the doll. But that is very few and far between. Yeah. And uh, mind you, the one thing I'll say about the, the sceneries of Christmas and winter and, uh, you know, and the, and the whole, you know, uh, the whole lake district and, like, the uh, the scenes that are put together, they are done very well. And, you know, they do take you, uh, like, into like, kind of like a postcard type of kind of, like, you know, environment, really. Like, you know, how, how beautiful it's all done. So It is. Uh, yeah. There's all of that to also, uh, you know, go through as well. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, it, the movie concludes with Roald finally meeting up with Beatrix and uh, Beatrix telling the publisher that I'm not interested in changing the ending because kids go through far worse in life and they can be able to stomach the hard, serious stuff. And so um, she tells her, we're going to keep the ending in which the farmer's wife chops off the mice's tails. The book is finally done and they can focus on chasing that duck around for Christmas dinner. And then it ends with an epilogue with saying about that Roald Dahl became a famous writer. He became a, a spy and an air pilot. And he was known for writing um, well-known children's books such as Matilda, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach and more. And it shows a picture of Roald and his mother in real life. And then it finishes off with Beatrix Potter where it talks about how 
her purchasing all the land in the Lake District, because of that, she was able to save the land. And now it's become like national parks and private areas for people to enjoy. Because as we saw in the movie, people were interested in purchasing that land to make hotels and other buildings and houses. So, yeah, uh, England would be completely different without Beatrix purchasing the land. And then it shows a picture of her and then the movie just concludes like that. So... Yeah, let's uh, let's give our final thoughts. Yeah, so I mean, like, um, uh, it was very critically acclaimed uh, at the time, and uh, you know, so the Financial Times said that you know a Christmas classic is born, and uh, you know, uh, then also the Independent also said that uh, while it's only a slightly true uh, Sky One film, it is uh, gentle fun for the whole family. So you know, um, I won't be too surprised that you know uh, this ends up becoming kind of becoming a regular thing. You know, every time it comes towards Christmas, you know, the Roland Beatrix. Absolutely. I think that it should be like a Christmas staple for people to tune into, especially if they are a fan of Roald Dahl and Beatrix Potter. I think that it, it is able to mesh the two stories together very well. And I think that the spirit of Christmas shines through with the carolers and the snow and the decorations. And I think his presentation is top notch. I like the narration. Uh, I like the portrayals of Roald and Beatrix. And I really enjoy the portrayals of uh, William Helis and Sophie Dahl. I think that the acting is well done. I really like the music. Um, everything about this movie is really, really good. If you are interested in checking it out, unfortunately, just like we discussed about before with films such as SEO Trot and Roll Dolls Revolting Rhymes, you're not able to see this movie easily if you're an American. The only way to watch it is through the Sky One website. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I could think of that somewhere down the line, hopefully, you know, HBO Max will probably put it up there, but, uh, I mean, I wouldn't hold my breath. So. No, I mean, especially since it's been years since we talked about SEO Trot and Revolting Rhymes, and those still haven't been available for the American public. So, yeah, yeah unfortunately, the only way for Americans to see it is there is a low-quality version of it on YouTube. So if you're interested in checking it out, then please do so. But I implore you, get a VPN account, go um, maybe get a seven-day free trial of Sky TV and check out this movie for yourself. That is if one exists. I don't, I don't, I'm not too sure about that, like... Uh... Um, you have to have a thing out of the Sky subscription to actually watch it, but uh, you know, I could be I could be wrong. Actually, I'm just going to think about it. If, if, I'm going to look and see if there's anywhere else we can actually, you know, uh, uh, see if we can try and see this movie. Uh, so um, let's have a look. No, I think it is a Sky exclusive, unfortunately. Oh, actually, hang on a second. No, I lie. Uh, Roald and Beatrix, The Tale of the Curious Mouse is available on DVD. So Okay, uh, great. Yeah. So yeah, you can't pick it up on uh DVD. Yeah, so unfortunately, again, for you Americans, if you have a Region 1 DVD player, then you can be able to watch it there. Yeah, well, I've got to be honest, though. Like, uh, they say that this could potentially be another Christmas classic. I mean, I've got to be honest, you know, compared to a Gr The Grinch 2 Soul Christmas and A Charlie Brown Christmas and, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and, you know, Simpsons Roasting Over an Open Fire, you know, uh, and also, like, you know, The Year Without Sa Santa Claus. Like, you know, some, so, you know, and also Christmas at the Pee-wee's Playhouse as well. Like, you know, some of, like, you know, the, the Christmas staples of, you know, TV, you know, I'd be very surprised if, like, you know, this can somehow muscle its way into, like, you know, the schedules. But, uh, I mean, it definitely does so in the UK, I guess, if you've got it on demand. So. I guess that's true, yeah. But if you haven't, if you are interested in checking it out, then please do so. I implore you. Yeah. All right, so that is it for our discussion of Roald and Beatrix, The Tale of the Curious Mouse. So tune in next time as we finally tune into the latest Roald Dahl adaptation. Matilda the Musical. Until then, catch you later, everyone. Bye-bye.